Hello, I'm Brian Foster, and today I'm talking about spiritism. And today we are going over, as we usually do on Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, is questions and answers about spiritism. Now, I usually begin with a small prayer, and I want to do that. And I want to take a prayer I've gotten from this book, In the Realms of Mediumship, by uh, Francisco Xavier, Chico Xavier, part of the Andre Luis series. And it's like almost the last page of the book. I thought it was a great prayer. So I would like to read it now. I'll put, I'll put my eyes down a little bit so I can read it. Lord Jesus, make us worthy of those who spread truth in love. Add the treasures of wisdom to the souls who become great by assisting their fellow beings. Help those who deny themselves, distributing hope and peace in your name. Teach us how to honor your faithful disciples with the respect and love we owe them. Uproot the harmful weeds of indiscipline and pride from the field of our souls, so that simplicity may favor our renewal. Do not leave us to our own blindness, but guide us our steps toward those who evolve by humbling themselves, and who, by being noble and great in your eyes, do not feel lessened by making themselves small in order to help us. Glorify them, Lord, crowning their heads with your laurels of light. So that was a from the book in the realms of mediumship anyone who's interested in mediumship i suggest you read that book along with the mediums book as you can see uh from the title page uh, by alan kardec and of course if you want to know more about spiritism i recommend you uh read the book codified by alan kardec the spirits book it was uh, alan kardec assembled a group of mediums. He gave them 1,019 questions. He had them all ask the same questions, and he did not use the answers unless they were the same or similar in his book. Much different. People ask me what's the difference between spiritism and spiritualism. Spiritism are, is very rigorous in making sure what the level of the spirit is and making sure that we have multiple spirits telling us approximately the same thing and if they are from one spirit we say who the spirit was and what this was from so it's uh i think it's a more disciplined and rigorous review of what information we do get from the other side and by the way it never stops it's never stopped since 1850s there are spiritist mediums who write uh who psychograph books i should say chico xavier Devaldo Franco, Leon Denis, Yvon Piera, and so forth. So there's a lot of great books out there. So as you can see on my title page, I have the Spirits book that I just talked about, the Mediums book, and the Gospel According to Spiritism. If you type in Alan Kardec Space PDF, you'll find all three of those books in PDF versions for free. Of course, you can also go to my site, NW Spiritism, and you can click on the picture of Alan Kardec and you will take you to the FEB work bookstore and you can order them there or of course from other bookstores local to you. Also on my website is Spiritism 101, The Third Revelation, in which that is a free PDF you can download. It's 100 pages. Of course, you can also get it in paperback, Kindle, and in audible format. Okay. So let's start. So what we do on this program is if you have questions, please enter that into the comment section and I will answer you as the top priority. If I do not have any comments, I'll take questions I've had from um, other people leaving comments on the YouTube video. Whenever I get comments, I get notified by YouTube. So if someone says, I have a question and I, I copy and paste and I put this question uh, down here. So let's start with the questions we have and 
and uh, and start. Okay, hold on a second. Let me just get this out there so you can all see. Okay. Oh, here's actually a question. Let me do this. Let me hide this first. Here's a question. If a spirit appears and dominates over your own spirit, what will happen to your personality and to you psychologically? So if a spirit is trying to dominate you, that is by definition an inferior spirit. That is not a high spirit, not a good spirit. A spirit, a good high spirit will never, never try to dominate you or tell you what to do. So therefore, that is, um, they will try to affect you. Now, they cannot, they can try to get you to be dependent on them. And that happens a lot, is that people get so used to having this spirit uh, be attached to them that they actually kind of miss it when it's gone. So don't let that happen. If you pray and meditate and ask for help, that should help release that spirit from bothering you. But it can affect you psychologically. In many cases, I'm not going to say all, but many cases of paranoia, obsession, possession, are, are the results of spirits trying to get revenge and, and control a soul, a physical person on earth. Now, that could be that they had something against you, that in their previous life you did something terrible to them, and now they want to extract penalty. In fact, in spiritist hospitals, psychological hospitals in Brazil, they will go through and they'll take people with uh, mental illnesses and uh, addiction and other things, and they will not only give them the, the typical psychotherapy and, and so forth, but they'll also have mediums meetings so they can see is something else affecting them. And then they'll talk to that dominating spirit and say, please don't do that. You know, Don't think of the dominating spirit as, evil per se thing that they have they probably have a good reason in their own mind so try and reason with them but they can affect you absolutely psychologically they can give you uh uh you know hallucinations it, you know if, if it gets worse enough um that can absolutely happen so that's when you really have to meditate and pray and uh ask for help in fact that's even said in the book of mediums is that if a spirit really dominates someone they may be able to get to get them out by themselves, but they may need help from other spirits. Can your another question? Can your spirits, mind, or consciousness be ripped into pieces by a group of spirits who want all parts of your spirit's consciousness? The answer is absolutely not. They can certainly affect and try to um, to give you bad thoughts and try to you know, make you think you're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. But no, your mind and your, your consciousness uh, cannot be attacked in that way at all, not in the physical world and not in the spirit world. You can be dominated, yes, it can happen, but they cannot take part of your consciousness. They can try to um, absorb themselves in your body so they can feel like if they're, a lot of times you'll see it with alcoholics, uh, spirits who were alcoholics, they go into bars and they'll, absorb themselves in another body so when that person drinks they can feel the effects of alcohol but they cannot uh, you know rip out your conscience they that's not possible you are safe from that they do not have that power okay uh, let me go to the questions 
Okay, I'm trying to understand free will versus predestination. Do you think we plan putting ourselves inside the box to encourage spiritual growth done on spiritual purpose? And I and I believe what they mean is inside the box is like in physical uh, in the physical world in uh, on Earth. And the answer is absolutely yes. I do believe that we plan our incarnations to elicit to cause stimuli to elicit uh, fundamental changes to our character and personality. And that is all for spiritual growth. Why do we want spiritual growth? Let me answer that first before I go between free will and predestination. We want spiritual growth because as you go higher and higher in the spirit world, you are given more and more power. You are, you are actually transformed into a more powerful spirit. You are more energy than matter. You are given more tools in your toolboxes. And hence, with more tools, just like as Jesus said, to those who, who we give, more will be expected. The more we give, the more we expect. Just as if you were in the job, the higher you go, the more responsibilities you have. The same thing happens in the spirit world. In fact, people will want to, to be reincarnated and want to grow themselves spiritually and help their personality get rid of primitive emotions and replace those with civilized emotions with love, fraternity, charity, and honesty. Because they will be able to rise in the different levels of heaven and be given more responsibility and they can help more people. Because really, one of the joys in heaven is the joy of serving. Now, that's the purpose. Now, free will versus predestination. So, there, on a planet that we're on, which is a planet of atonement, I understand people thinking, it's really predestination. We have no choice. And But I will tell you right now, the choices become more and more on the higher and higher levels of planets you go on. It's like you give a first grader uh, a choice of what classes he's taking, or you wait, are you wait for that till they're in college? No, you, you know, first grader goes to classes you tell them to. Now, so what I'm saying is, the you will plan your life, and you will plan your life with certain trials and tribulations, and those are predetermined. Those will happen whether you want. Them are not when you're all incarnate, right? Because you like, well, I don't. <laughs> so many people say, I can't believe, you know, you know, my life has been so tough, and, and I always think to myself, well, you probably were one of the ones that contributed to it. You probably thought you could handle more than you could. In fact, usually, what the spirit guides and spirit mentors do is they try to always tell you to kind of dampen it down because you're making it life too tough for yourself. But that's up to everyone's free will. Now. Let's take an example of your free will. Within this, this predetermined episode, let's say you're going to go to jail, right? And they use this in one of the books. You're going to go to jail. You're going to be in prison. And then uh, Andre Louis says, well, isn't that predestination? You have no choice. They go, no. You have free will in the fact that when you're in prison, you can work with the warden. You can help other prisoners. You can improve yourself. You can be a model prisoner versus a, a not a model prisoner. That's your free will. So really, and of course, this expands as like oh, a plan of regeneration and higher. You have more free will of really what do you want to research? What do you want to do on, on whatever planet you're going to be on?
but in us in our immature uh, phase it's a lot more restricted so but whenever whatever happens to you that horrible divorce that someone robbing money from you right or someone scamming you out of something it's your free will is do you learn from that and say well i'm never going to treat that person like they treated me or do you do you just dwell on it and want revenge and you you make it turn your personality into this 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 you know constant preoccupation with getting revenge on that person that's the wrong path but that's free will or do you say oh Oh, that's horrible. I'd never do that to anybody else, but I'm going to put it behind me and keep moving forward. And if you're a spiritist, you'll say, oh, I'm glad I got that trial over with because I must have robbed someone. I must have robbed money in the in the past from someone, and now I'm getting my just desserts. So I'm glad that's done. You know, I don't like it, but I'm glad it's done. That is, that's your free will. And, you know, there's exceptions in there, but that's really your free will. Okay. Uh, question. Do spirit guides exist? If so, how do I communicate with them? What do they do with you? What are the different types? Well, there's, everyone has a guardian angel and that's like your, uh, your uh, primary spirit guide and your, your guardian angel is always connected to you. You just have to think of your guardian angel and ask them something and they will receive it. Now, your ability to, um, to hear back from them in definite uh, ways that you're used to, right, is is debatable depending on your spiritual level and your training and your ability to be a medium. Now, I'm not a medium. I I know I've probably been inspired by my spirit, by a guardian angel, but I cannot put my finger on anything definite. I certainly know I have inspirations. But do I know it's from my guardian angel or do I know it's from other spirit guides? I don't know. I pray. I, uh, I in, my, in my book, The Seven Tenets of Spiritism, I talk about the signs and signals. And that's really what you have to look, at, look for. One is you have to, you have to, and this takes practice. If you get inspirations that you should do something, and it's not doesn't at all go against your 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 uh, conscious right that the fact that it is not you're not doing harm to anybody uh you're, you're trying to do good right that's usually an inspiration from a a good spirit and it could be from your guardian angel and if you're given an inspiration to do something bad then you know then that's you have to filter out now, what do they do with you? What they will do is they will give you inspirations and they will also arrange things that will put you in one direction or another. They will arrange things like you're looking for a job and then your Uncle Bob calls and said, you know, I know a job and it's open here and it's just perfect for you. That will be arranged. I know this lady who had uh, PTSD and she really couldn't work anymore but somehow and somehow she got ability to house uh, to live in a house on a park and all she had to do was take care as watch the park at night right and that was the her 
spirit guides or guardian angel arranging that for her because she was still helping others. Even when she had problems herself, she still helped other veterans with their, their problems. And so these things, these little, as um, Carl Jung called them, synchronicities, these little things will happen. And they'll just kind of point you into the right direction. A door will open, a door will close. You know, sometimes they'll, they'll not let you do something. Like, let's say you want to go and you want to buy something like a piece of property. And yet you weren't really meant to buy it. So you'll go try to buy a piece. Of, this happened to my wife and I. Try to buy a piece of property. Nope, taken. Okay, we'll try another one. Nope, taken. Another one. Nope, taken. Finally, you should get, get the clue. It's hard, and it's hard to figure out sometimes. Is that, no, I think you're meant to stay in your house, right? So these are, that's what they do with you. So you communicate by prayer and meditation, and then you try to try to be receptive to signs and signals. Right? Write these things down and review them. That will help you. Okay, get the next question. Do you know how one could distinguish between a normal mental disorder addiction to one that is caused by a spirit? And I do not. And that's a great question. Um and I do not. And, you know, because there's some disorders caused by, you know, biological factors, uh, you know, chem uh, chemical imbalances, et cetera, that can actually be, be caused. So that's why I would say that you would want to go to your uh, physician or uh, psychologist, psychiatrist, and see that maybe they can help you, that if there were something absolutely that was caused by some sort of uh, chemical imbalance uh, that you have or other factors. I would say what the spirit world does say is that the majority of mental disorders are caused by spirits. That's what they report. So it never hurts, no matter if it's caused by imbalance, is to pray and meditate and ask for help. But, uh, you know, that's a great question, and I, I do not know the answer. Uh, then we say, oh, hi from Alexandra. I love the all-knowing thing. Okay, so another question. What type of spiritual family will you have in the afterlife? How will they differ from the family you had when you died? What do you do with all your families from each reincarnated life? So if you look at reincarnation as each incarnation is a separate event, and you get new uh, new parents and new brothers and new sisters. And then when you go back to the spirit world, you've got, you know, who knows how many mothers and who knows how many fathers. Or you can make, you know, uh, a football league from all, all that. So, but what usually happens, and let's say there's exceptions to this, is that family groups tend to reincarnate together. And there's been a great... Uh, um, lectures by uh, Geraldo Lemos Neto. And he went through like this reincarnation history of a family all the way from uh, the early, all the way from the, uh, I think the end of the Roman Republic, beginning of the Roman Empire, before Jesus was born, all the way to uh, in the 20th century in Brazil. And the husband and wife would come back together in subsequent lives. Now, their kids, their daughter would come back 
and, and their son, I should say. Now, sometimes they had, when they're in a later life in, in Brazil, they had uh, like two of the daughters. They were actually back in almost 2,000 years ago, they were chill, they were protagonists. They were people that actually tried to harm the family. And so the spirit world is always trying to um, reconcile any problems. And they came back as their daughters, and they came back very nice people. In fact, that one woman tried to steal the husband of who was, you know, later on her father. And um, I'm sorry, her brother. I'm sorry. It was later on her brother. And the funny thing about her is that whenever he had a, a girlfriend, she always said that none of them were always any were not good enough for her, for him. <laughs> so but she but Geraldo said basically she was a very nice person. She gave the charity, she helped people, but you know, she just had that opinion that other women were never good enough for her brother. But so again, so what happens that is that you your family is uh, has affinities, right? And they send this the law of affinity is very powerful in the spirit realm. So you tend to congregate together, and then you're incarnated together with people you've known before, and so that's why your family really does know you best. They've known you in many lives. Now, sometimes I'm always saying there's exceptions. You have a brother or sister that was in great, uh, uh, you know. Uh, an enemy of yours, and they try to reconcile. So that happens. Okay. Um, the next one. Oh. What happens, what has happened if your spirit consciousness body on the outside is obese and lazy, but on the outside it is fit and healthy? Yeah, so when you're in the spirit world, um, you're fit and healthy and strong and you're immortal. If your uh, body's obese and lazy on the outside, that is uh, a, a reflection on, on uh, your circumstance as an incarnated human. And that is, you know, it, it, what the spirit world tells us to do is to try and keep yourself healthy. And sometimes, sometimes people are given such uh, drastic um, medical conditions, etc., that that's almost impossible. And therefore, that it may be that you that people were meant to be not physically as fit as they'd want to be. Maybe that's because in a later life, uh, earlier life, I should say, uh, they had something to atone for. So it you know your physical appearance really does not dictate the healthiness of your spirit. Okay. Hi, Brian. Can you speak about the quote you mentioned in a recent video about one of our goals in spiritualism is to humiliate the self, to purify? I see tension with maintaining a unique personality. Yeah, and so, and, and then he also said our identity. So this is, this is a, a, a really good question in the fact that that if God wanted us all to be pure souls and pure spirits, you would think that would filter you and filter you and filter you until like everybody was kind of alike. And yet, it doesn't happen for what spirits say. 
uh, spiritual re report on a a presentation of of Jesus, and they will see his 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 ministers like Socrates. I only know the name of a few, um, and yet they'll say that every one of them you could see in their face they all had distinct personalities um, that they kept unique. Now, how does that happen? And that's why I think the process we go through is a just a genius process. So when you're just this little piece of logic, right? And you you go and you go and hire and hire pieces of logic and you become a, an animal and you go through this animal and you go through these primitive emotions and we become human. You have to work at taking these primitive emotions, right? Hate, anger, you know, thirst for revenge, selfishness and pride, all emotions that really helped you a lot survive when you're a, a primitive animal or a primitive human, now you have to start tearing those out. So my, my contention is that if we just all had like three or four lives and we became pure spirits, we'd all have to kind of go through the same, the same, you know, like a basic training, like they do with, with basic training of armies. They put soldiers through the basic training because they want a soldiers to be disciplined and try to mold them the way they want to mold them. And they do that to an extent in the spirit world, but we have so many lives on different planets in different bodies, and everybody has different sets of trials and tribulations that we all have our own quirks and feelings and personality. And yet somehow through the genius of the spirit world, we learn to tear these primitive emotions out, become better people, but we retain our personality, our little quirks. And that's, and that's how I think we maintain our unique personality. And in fact, what spirits have said, and when they were talking to the uh, Reverend Jeeval, when I talk about this, how we are guided by spirits, what's the future of the planet and ourselves, is that as you go higher and higher, like, you know, Jesus and even higher than, than Jesus, you become more and more energy and less matter until you are, um, what, what spirits say is that in the physical world, you're in the uh, objective, meaning the wall is a wall, your head's hard, right? To the subjective, meaning you can mow the environment around you, to the sublime. And when you're in the sublime, they don't know that much about it. They say, you're still this, you're still swimming in this huge ocean of we don't know what, but we do know that you're still a distinct personality. So I believe is that we go through this, who knows how many millions, maybe billions of years of making ourselves pure, making ourselves that, that, that height. And yet everyone has such varied paths to uh, purity that a uh, uniqueness of personality uh, comes out. That's I've not heard that written down by any spirit. That is my thesis. That's that is my idea, my belief. And so anybody can correct me or say I'm wrong. Okay. Um, do spirits, in some way, telepathically, understand all languages, or only the language they spoke as incarnates? And are there spirits that were never incarnated? So, 
So I'll answer the for the last part first is no, there are there are spirits have all been incarnated in some form or another. It, it could be they're not at human free will level yet, but all spirits were put through this simulator of physicality. That's part of the training process, from what I know. There may be exceptions, but I've not heard of them. There may be these little automatons that are created, but they they're not really they say there's they say there's so many different levels of spirits and we haven't been told a lot but there are levels of spirits that are very um that that have not much native intelligence that they're more you know simple robots and things like that so and maybe that is yes but any free will spirits i would say uh have been incarnated now spirits uh speak uh telepathically which you can, uh, you don't need language for that. And they also speak telepathically. And also they, as you go higher, that will be natural to you. And also they'll send uh, images to each other. Like they'll say, meet me on the corner of uh, Main and Fifth. And they'll say, meet me on the corner of Main and Fifth. And then they'll send a picture of Main and Fifth to them. So they know exactly where you want them to meet. Now, if they're talking to someone who does is not, uh, high enough to telepathically uh, communicate. They will, that if they've had languages in common, every language you've ever had why, as an incarnate will be stored in your paraspirit. So again, so if they say something to you in, uh, you know, in Mandarin, and you've been incarnated in uh, China and learned Mandarin at one point in time, you will understand them. If you're a spirit, because that will be automatically translated to you as a spirit. Now, there's been story uh, I've read is um, where spirits who were incarnated and been on Earth a lot of times met spirits from other planets. And they would communicate telepathically, even though they spoke a whole different language. And they would be given um, pictures. Like he said, you know, he said, he said, like, I was talking to this guy and he was telling me of this great civilization and he showed me this picture of this like library where you could look at your past lives and and um he said it was somewhat hard to some understand some of their concepts and that way the pictures were helpful but yes there's kind of that universal translator in there now is that true for all levels of of spirits i don't know but that's what i've been uh, that's what i infer Um, okay, where are we? Okay, here's the next question. What is spiritual ignorance? What happens to you if you and your spiritual safe, safety, if you are spiritually ignorant for a long time or all your life? Well, I mean, I think most of us have been spiritually ignorant in past lives. Uh, it's hard not to be spiritually ignorant in this culture where we are bombarded with the mainstream media that tells us that nothing exists except you know click on that ad or buy that buy that shoe and there's nothing else except uh to consume and then you're dead right so but even this is what spiritism says even if you are an atheist and yet you are conscientious you're good you're kind you try to help other people you will still be helped into heaven 
you do not need to follow a certain religion or the spiritist doctrine or anything in order to ascend to heaven. You have to be a good person and follow your conscience. And really, that's what you really want to do is follow your conscience. And the more you can always follow your conscience, the better off you, you will be. Now, there's many people that who are spiritually ignorant, but they will be given signs and signals and inspirations to become less so. And for those that pick up those signs and signals, good for them because they will start they will start the uh, upward trek in from their life and to become more and more knowledgeable about the spirit world, less materialistic, right? Because, you know, being materialistic, we all have to be materialistic to some extent. We all have to work, feed ourselves, all that. But we do need to put some of our effort into growing ourselves spiritually and understanding why we're here on earth right we're not on here on earth to have the biggest yacht or to have the most money no or to be famous actors and actresses no we're we're here to grow spiritually and those are the people who are actually successful on earth not the ones that the news is all about and who give interviews about things they don't know about god bless them all um that's why we're on earth so even if you're spiritually ignorant for a long time, but and what spiritism says that people who are who deny that, except and then all of a sudden on the deathbed, they said, Oh, okay, maybe I've been wrong. They say you cannot underestimate how important that is for them to understand just seconds before death, minutes before death, how much that can help them in the other world. So there's nothing wrong with being ignorant for a long time or all all of your life. The, what will happen is you just may not progress as you like when you get back. You go, oh, okay. I, I kind of parked in that life. They, what Spiritism calls it parking, meaning going through one life after another life, not improving yourself. And I know I've done that. I, I think probably most people have. I'm sure the few who really are smarter than I am have not. But that's called parking. And it just means that you're slowing down your, your progression. That's what's... And I just want to point this out. This is what, why spiritism, I think, shows the love of God and Jesus. We're not talking about, you know, if you do a great sin, you're going to be in uh, hell forever, you know, with fires all around you. You know, if you do something really wrong, you're, you're, not, you're going to be in an unpleasant position, an unpleasant place. But as soon as you change your attitude and see that what you did was wrong, then you'll be helped out of that. And then even if you had a horrible, if you did horrible things in your last life, you can improve yourself in the next so then everybody can be better. That to me is divine justice. Uh, another question. What type of spiritual trials could my spirit be going through if they're living their life obese, trying to lose fat and get healthy? So if you are attempting to lose weight and get healthy, then... Um, that's wonderful. And, and so why that happened? Oh, you know, that's a good question. And, and so it must've been, it may have been that you had not taken care of yourself in the past and that then, and that you took your health for granted and that what they did is they, they predisposed you to, um, to be obese 
and they made it so that you'd really have to try not to be uh, in order to deep to instill. Now, I could be wrong in this. You have your own interpretation, so don't take this to the bank at all. This is just my my feelings. Is they then they want you to instill with you because when you pass over and you come back, you still retain your con your conscience and your uh, instinct, and then your instinct in your next life will be it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to stay healthy all the time. And it may have been a point in one time that you, uh, you did not stay healthy, and you may have uh, done an unconscious suicide by, you know, by not being healthy. And now this life, they said, okay, well, we're going to give you this trial and make it so that you're going to have to focus on keeping yourself fit. And and hopefully, what that would do is that would uh, put that instinct in you. And make you better off in your next lives. It's and don't be afraid of losing that because it's like um, and it's like people like who who you know not interested in drinking. Like my wife and I, you know, we'll socially drink, but we never really like oh let's get drunk. Right? Never wanted that ever. And some people are just like that, just not interested in that any type of addiction. And I believe that's not because we're so better than anybody else i believe that's because we've gone through that phase and allowed ourselves to be addicted and we go not doing that again that was a waste of a life right and therefore we were just you know i was never interested in drugs or any of that it's like no not not touching it and um i i believe that's not because i'm smarting but because i think my instinct was uh I'm not touching that. And so these things you will retain from uh, previous lives. Okay. Um, do the colors that you like have any spiritual purposes? Not, not that I know. N uh, not that I know. Okay. Uh, let's go to the next question. I was reading the Gospel According to Spiritism on one of your videos. Could you expand on the chapter that talks about the causes of affliction? Okay, I let me skip that one. I need to get the Gospel out and read that. I don't want to give you um, wrong information. So let me, I'll flag that one for next time because I really need to get the, the Gospel. And I, I don't want to give you, because I may remember incorrectly. Oh, let me have it for you. I got another question. I think it was mentioned, I think it was in El Solar that someone mentioned the importance of discipline three times. But perhaps it has to do with our thoughts. So keep them as good as possible. And the answer is yes. Uh, absolutely. And I think it was warning uh, Andre Luis, who is <laughs> a great author, about thinking, you know, kind of harmful or incorrect thoughts, and say, no, no, come on, you, you can't be that way because you don't you don't realize that thoughts have power, right? Thoughts have power. Thoughts have power on the earth. Not that very much, but thoughts are sticky, right? Thoughts will flow through the ether and they'll stick where that where they find affinity. So if you're thinking bad about someone, it can affect someone. If that person lets it, but let's talk about the spirit world. 
Well, actually, I was talking about both. We are here for one reason, right? We are here to improve ourselves spiritually. How do you improve yourself spiritually when you're you're on a land on the physical earth where your thoughts, you do not see the action caused by your thoughts, but you're going to go to a land where thought is action. So we are here to not to modify our personality and character. And how do you modify your personality and character? You modify your personality and character by doing deep analysis and changing your attitude and perspective. In essence, you're rewiring your brain. And that's why on earth, you want to always try, and this is takes years, maybe a lot shorter for other people, to think good about people. And you have to, if you say something negative, it's kind of saying, well, because I do this all the time. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. God bless them, right? Catch yourself. Don't gossip about people. And yes, it has to do with the thought because your, your spirit is this powerful spirit. With your mind, as you go higher and higher, you create things. You create your own house. You create lakes. I mean, when, when Jesus said faith can move mountains, Faith can move mountains in the spirit world. Oh, I'm going to move that mountain over there. And I've read these things where, where people create, they create whole environments, lakes, mountains, uh, new cities. They will create those. And usually it's a group of spirits together creating things with their minds. But they'll create them with their minds. So, yes, it's really why you're here is to have discipline of your thoughts. That is how you grow here. And that's not a, and I, and I could be wrong, that is not a one lifetime uh, journey. It's going to take many lifetimes. Uh, but it can be done, and people have done it. Uh, when you read like Socrates' dialogues, you see what a great person he was. When you read about the life, you know, Jesus in the New Testament, you know, what a great person he was. John the Baptist, Buddha. Right, Zoaster, all these wonderful people that have you know have came down, higher spirits that came on a mission to Earth, and they had they had mental discipline. Okay, uh, next question: Can someone from reality trap your spirit? No, they cannot. They can um, they can try and dominate you. If you're a low spirit and they can be dominated, uh, if if that is uh, their wish, if they find the right one to dominate, and just like uh, physical people can be dominated by spirits, if they allow themselves to be mentally dominated, you can't trap them physically. What are your thoughts on soulmates? So yes, there are people who are predestined, pre destined to marry on earth and who live together in fact this is what i've said before about families reincarnating together i think that was one of your first questions those people are in essence soulmates that will that will be together maybe for thousands of years now there's no such thing as marriage for eternal uh, in the spirit world people are uh, soulmates for it could be for many many lifetimes and then they may find different paths or you know different things they want to do and there's no you know recriminations there's no 
hate, there's always still love and friendship. But there are definitely, like, like my wife now, um, you know, I was born and raised in the United States. She was born and raised in Brazil. Somehow we met. We were, we were told in messages that was our destiny. We've been married before in previous lives. And we were like criminals together in power before. <laughs> that part of the message wasn't pleasant. But <laughs> we were soulmates. Hopefully we're better soulmates and niceness now instead of trying to get other people's money. So um, I hope that answers that question. Uh, another question. Can we stop spirits from interfering in our thoughts? If so, how? And the answer is no. You're always going to get, unfortunately, I hate to tell you that. And that's part of the, that's part of going through the boot camp called Earth is now, you can stop them from uh, affecting your decisions, and, but you can't stop them from trying to inspire you to do stupid things, right? It's like it's like on Earth, you're always in middle school or junior high, whatever you call it, wherever you go to school in the world. It's like the 13, 14, 15-year-old uh, children, teenagers. I mean, have you ever been surrounded more by dumber ideas and people trying to have you do the, the you know, the wrong thing in your life and at, at that age group. Well, but that's what we go through every day. And, but that's part of our training is to filter out the, this interference from our thoughts. And that is, and the, the how is to filter everything through your conscience. Your conscience is the set of divine laws given to you by God to every free willed human and close to human on other planets we all have that we all have that same set of divine laws and therefore if some spirit tries to say oh, you know i think you should steal that purse from your friend and in your conscious right away is no i'm not doing that now what the way they can stop them from interfering with your thoughts all the time is you reject these things and these inferior spirits will go Oh, well, that person's no fun. I'm, I'm not going to bother with them. That's, that's how you stop them interfering. They were always able to send you inspirations that are negative, are detrimental to your spiritual growth. But the way to do it is just filter everything through your conscience. And sometimes very subtle. And so you have to think about it. And, and, you're, and if you're on the fence about what you want to do, if you feel stress, you feel like a little bit of disharmony in your body, don't do it. That shows you there's something, you know. And look, you go through life after life, and your 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 conscience is like this law library that gets supplemented and added to in life after life, where you get to understand the gray areas of decisions. And sometimes you might make a wrong decision because you're you know you're not that. Uh, um, competent yet to understand some of the of the gray areas but you'll learn uh do you think it is possible for an incarnate to obsess another incarnate spiritually via astral travel yeah uh, yes uh, yes i believe it is possible it's um tougher because you're not there all the time but what can happen is these 
people that do that, it's possible to enlist. And this is what happens a lot when a, a, a spirit who does not mean you well, they'll enlist help from other low spirits to help obsess you and give you bad ideas. And they may enlist other spirits in their, in their plan to harm you. So uh, the answer is yes, it's possible. It takes a bit more work. And of course, it's, it's you know, you can defend yourself by uh, being spiritually mature, uh, studying meditation. Uh, what does your guardian angel do for you? Well, they are with you all the time. Now, not, not physically with you. When you're a child, I think uh, before seven, they're actually right there with you, watching you all the time, because who knows what you do as a child. But they will always be connected to you. Your guardian angel is the main person that will send you inspirations. They may facilitate uh, answers to your prayers, like, you know, please, you know, I need a job. And they may say, they may have that next person look at your resume. And you know how hard it is to, you know, send your resume, resumes out and get acknowledged. Oh, like, oh, let's talk to this person. They'll do those things for you. They will arrange things to happen that you'll just think is random and luck. They're not random and they're not luck. So your guardian angel will supply these little synchronicities and these little beneficial uh, happenstances in your life. And they'll also send you a lot of inspiration and comfort. They do a lot. And they're not with you just on the physical world. They are with you in the spirit world. They are they, they are assigned to you. I don't know how they get unassigned or if someone else takes over. I do not know that. Uh, do you have an inner world in your mind and an outer world which is reality? It depends how you look at things. I that's not how I look at things. I, I I think that it's a good question. And really the question is what is reality? Because we on this materialistic culture believe that we are reality. That we physical humans on earth, this is why we disdain the idea of artificial intelligence or robots or or anything like that. That they could never be like us. They could never emote and feel and and uh, create spontaneity, right? They could never do that. But this is a physical-centric view when in reality that is completely wrong. The, rea the true reality is that we are spirits, that we are we are encapsulated logic, in this dense world that is full of, of logic and processes and hierarchy and parameters set for us depending on our spiritual level. And that what we are in reality in a simulation called Earth in order for us to, to make changes to our character and personality. In fact, that's what spirits call us. They call us personalities. And when you see these pictures of spirits, like this little ball of light, that's really what we are. We're, we're energy. Energy in some matter, depending on how you go. You get less and less matter the higher you go. So in your physical mind, 
you believe you are in reality and that people will talk about ghosts or spirits or near-death experiences or visions they're dabbling in something you don't know what's going on and i'm not saying you personally i'm just saying this is kind of a cultural thing where in reality we exist in this world where we are somewhat connected depending on the talent of each person some people are mediums i'm not one where they can have visions they can communicate they kind of sense things or empathetic and they know there's not this wall between physical reality and the spirit world because remember the spirit universe spirit universe is is the superset of the physical universe we are in a subset of the spiritual universe the physical universe and we are put into this body and in, into this body we really have like uh, blinkers like a horse has blinkers or they, it can't be distracted where spirits say that in a physical body we can only see about one eighth of what is really around us we can't see colors as well as spirits we can't hear sounds all sorts of things we can't do we really have in fact even paul talked about this in one of his letters to the galatians he goes when you come to earth you put on a and i forgot his exact words but you like you put on clothes over your other clothes and so he knew about the spirit and the paraspirit and then you go to the physical earth you put on this physical body because this physical body is clothes over other clothes is clothes over your paraspirit and that's why and this is really a hard level to get to where you stop thinking of yourself like oh i'm just a unique human no no you are you are in the simulation you are this unique spirit who has power beyond your imagination and potential beyond your imagination you're immortal and you're equal to other spirits on earth you're not equal to other people you know they say all men are created equal but that's, that's supposed to be under the law because you know i'm i'm not going to be a basketball player i'm not going to be a scientist a great scientist no i don't have that capacity but on the spirit world you have the same capacity as anybody else now it depends on your motivation and how hard you're going to work if you want to be like a mozart or an einstein that depends on you but you all have the same capacity because you're this logical encapsulation i hope i'm making myself clear because this is not an easy concept uh, what another question? What happens when someone experiences this this themselves? And, oh, experiences uh, separate from themselves. So that's like astral travel. So you and people do this. Some people get astral travel. I mean, they can travel in the spirit world, and some people with near death experiences will actually see. They'll kind of float all over their body and they'll see their body laying there and they go oh that's me <laughs> and you're always um connected via that paraspirit in fact let me let me bring that up it's always good to see this this visualization so there's your spirit which is this energy ball encapsulated energy ball this this group of logic of which you that's you your personality your creativity just because you're you're this 
energy ball doesn't mean you're not creative and spontaneous, spontaneous and have spontaneity. Let me get that right. And but your your appearance to other spirits, if you want it, always done by your parispirit. That's your your body. And then you have your physical body when you're on Earth. Now, oh, it says disassociate. I meant to say experience disassociation when you're disassociation uh, from your body. And that's when you leave your physical body and you can roam the spirit world and you can, you know, you can roam the uh, your physical world. You can go over to, you know, your Aunt Ella's uh, house and see what she's doing. I knew a friend of mine that said he did that once. He also traveled and he went to his girl's girlfriend's house and saw her, I can't remember what, in the kitchen or something like that. And so, and so nothing, um, that just means you have a great ability to, uh, at will, leave your physical body. And that physical body is just a, a logic encapsulation of, of your spirit. And you can leave that physical body and roam the true spirit universe. And there's nothing wrong in that, and it doesn't hurt you in any way. It just shows you probably have uh, capabilities beyond most of us. And there's nothing wrong in that. It doesn't harm you. It doesn't put you at risk. Um, it, it Hopefully, if you learn from it, and you may talk to other spirits, higher spirits, and communicate. Now, if you leave your body and try to communicate with lower spirits, they may give you bad information. But if you really concentrate and say, please help me, God, let me communicate and talk to higher spirits that can teach me something that will help you. Okay. Um, oh, here's in one analogy, our body is like a shell and the spirit is then inside. Is there some specific place of that spirit in the body? And oh, that's a great analogy. And um, so what happens is the paraspirit connects to every cell in your body. In fact, when your paraspirit is removed or disassociates itself from the physical body uh, and the, the cord is cut like an umbilical cord, but in reverse, that's when every cell of your body knows, oh, time's out, I'll start decomposing. Now, your spirit always resides in the spirit plane that's why you never have to worry that someone you know goes through and blows your head off you don't lose your spirit now that's just your physical body it's not a, I'm not gonna say it's not a big deal but it's, it's just your physical body you don't lose your mental capacity your uh, everything you've seen is continuously backed up into your spirit so you don't lose anything but your your spirit is your spirit's always intact but it's in the spirit universe it's not in the inside the physical universe you have a physical brain that is definitely uh degraded slower not as smart than your spirit brain and that's why we have a hard time understanding dreams we're in your in your um uh you know when you're, you're dreaming and you come in and out and things are fuzzy, you don't know what's going on. That's because your physical brain really can't understand it. Uh, what if disassociation is experienced from trauma in reality? And again, that's, that is 
it's like NDEs, which is a trauma from reality, a near-death experience. People who have a heart attack. That's a perfect um, definition of a, a disassociation of trauma. Uh, it's not going to affect you spiritually. You'll learn something from it. It's, it's not going to harm you anyway. You are immortal. You can't get sick. So, yes, I mean, that's, you You should read. In fact, I've had books um, was talking about the spirit world talks to us and and um, other uh, two books about near-death experiences where I talk about near-death experiences and really what was the reason for people's near-death experiences. And I always say a lot of reasons for near-death experiences is the same as if you're in school and you've been acting up and you get a call that you have to visit the vice principal. Telling you, ah, it's time to change a little course. I'm going to send you back in class, right? If you're not sent back in class, that means you die. But if you had a near-death experiences and you're back in your body, that means you're, you were given more information. Okay, so the body is an interface for the spirit. Absolutely, that is an interface. It's not a perfect interface. That um, it's everything that you experience physically goes to your spirit, but the other way is you know you're going through this pipeline and you're trying to to feed all this intelligence and things that you have no idea about. That's why your dreams are confused. And do you know any astral projection technique? And no, I really don't. I know that, you know, meditation and concentration, uh, resting. <laughs> Problem when I try that, I always end up falling asleep. And so I don't think I was given that uh, that talent. So, um, but other people know how to do it. But I, I'm, I'm the one, I even have to watch myself if I'm meditating, that I will fall asleep. Now, when I fall asleep, I have great dreams. And maybe that's how that happens for me. But I know I'm not astral projecting or I'm not communicating with the spirit world. I'm really like asleep. And that means I'm naturally going to the spirit world. So uh, I hope you find out because I'm sure it's interesting. Okay. I think we've gone an hour. It's been really excellent questions. I hope I've helped people. Um and if you would like to know more about the spirit realm, I do suggest that you uh, read my book, Spirit Realm, Spiritism has Revealed the Reality of Our Existence. A lot of what I've said here is in this book. Now, if you want to dive even deeper, this is more of an overview of all the books I've written about what I know, the physical, the spiritual universe, uh, your future, what you are as a spirit. If you want to dive deeper, then read my other books. But this is I've tried to kind of bring everything in together. And what I try to do, which I think is different than other people, and God bless everyone else, and I'm sure they're superior to I am, is they really, they're really talking about how you can fashion your spirit and your love and your emotions to become a better person. And I, I talk about that too, but I'm really trying to give you the organization and the process because that's the way I think of what is the physical world and what is the spirit world. This is a good comment here. Uh, I now imagine that scenario to be analogous to someone operating a remote-controlled robot that is controlled by out-of-body movements. The person living while their body is in a subconscious state. Yeah. Yes. I think it's true. You really are controlling 
you um you know another way of saying that i hopefully it's the same words is that you are outside of the video game and yet you are an avatar in the video game and you're giving commands to the avatar and the avatar is continually giving you feedback of what it's experiencing who it's talking to and yet you cannot you cannot express to the avatar in a video game everything you know because avatars is an imperfect uh, logical construct so think of it that way too but uh, absolutely okay well i want to thank everyone and thank you for those great questions and uh thank you mr mega x I, you know i like that uh, uh analogy i think it's it's very pertinent and our last one is thank you for your time and answering our questions god bless you and god bless all of you I will uh, talk to everyone later, and God bless, and please keep exploring Spiritism. God bless.